When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Am I the dirty squirrel for deleting my husband's YouTube account? Hear me out. So ever since I met him six years ago, he had this YouTube channel. He didn't tell me, nobody knew it, and it was his little secret as he found it embarrassing. I was over at his house and he had all this equipment, microphone, etc. And I would ask, oh, why so much equipment? And he'd go, it's for gaming, yada yada yada. I found out after finding his script on his PC. He found it really embarrassing that I found out. It wasn't really a big deal for me, it was a little weird. Like, okay, so he makes tutorial videos aimed at people that don't know how to use technology. So he has this website and following of all mostly old people who struggle with basic shit and they would send him messages asking how to do stuff. Requests. He would make a whole video catered towards that request. It was all free and he didn't really make any money. Anyway, so he would constantly say, oh, this is my last video and I'm deleting whenever I would get annoyed. Literally, it's annoying. We would be out having fun and he would randomly bring up a tech issue like, dude, we're at the cinema watching a movie. He would ask for help and say, oh, how do I do this or that, etc. We were at my friend's birthday party and they overheard him asking for help on how to do something with the satellite signal because obviously I would know. I know nothing about what he asks me, but he asks me, I think to try and include me or something. So my friend overheard him and said, that's so random, why would you ask that? He said, oh, nothing and brushed it off like always, but I was super peed because that was the third time he asked me for help about some satellite that day. I did something I really regret. I told them about his YouTube channel right there, knowing he feels embarrassed about other people finding his channel because he doesn't like the sound of his voice, even though it sounds normal. He immediately got uncomfortable and tried changing the topic, but my friends were already searching his channel and they found it. Started playing a random video and he walked off. What he does when he's upset. He was really upset and he left immediately. He said how he can't believe I would do that. He didn't talk to me for the entire evening. His videos became the group joke of my friend's WhatsApp group. He was posting new videos and before the video begins, he would shout out to the person who asked for help and would display their display photo and they were all so friggin' old. It was really embarrassing for me. This went on for a bit. My friends asked all the necessary questions. Why does he do this? Does he get paid? I don't know why he doesn't and he doesn't get paid. I've had this conversation with him a lot. His response, I make these videos to help people that are struggling. I don't do it for money. Yeah, great help making tech videos. After a while, he took a two-week break and said that he would be back to his YouTube followers. In this time, he started going to the gym, and I was really happy this YouTube phase was finally over. I deleted his channel. The night before, I asked if he would be upset if he didn't have a YouTube channel, and he said no, and he's going to delete it as soon as he has helped everyone, or so I've heard for years. I deleted it. 
Two days later, the weather was amazing, and we, alongside like 15 friends, went to a restaurant. It was lovely and so refreshing. It was going great, and one of my friends is talking about how she posted a picture, and she got X amount of notifications, blah, blah, blah. And he says to me how it's so perfect that he can take two weeks off, and his friends, what he calls people that follow him, wouldn't bother him with help requests, and he has had zero notifications. He then says how it might be because his phone might have logged him out. This is where it blows up. He goes to log in. He's logged in and there's zero new notifications. He thinks his internet is bad and I reminded him how I asked him a couple of days back if he would be upset if his channel disappeared. His face dropped. I've never, in my six years of knowing him, seen him like that. Not even when I found his channel. He frantically started typing on his phone and after a solid minute of typing, he started crying and I mean crying, crying, asking why I would do that and it took him so long and all of his videos are gone. He literally only had 670,000 subscribers. Only. Only 670,000? Only? <sighs> this makes my stomach hurt. Which isn't a lot, keeping in mind that he posted over 700 videos. What, what do you mean it's not a lot? What do you... What do you mean? And only had 290 million views total. Oh my God, lady, stop talking. You need to stop talking right now. You need to stop saying these things like they're helping you. They're not. There's people with millions of subscribers that don't care. Bull shittery. The food just arrived and he wasn't listening to me at all. It was a scene and my friends tried calming him down, but it just made things worse and he stormed off in the car crying. I got a lift back home and found him on the computer trying to contact YouTube support. It was all just crying, crying, crying. He was devastated. He locked the room door and didn't come out for the entire night. It has been eight days today and he hasn't spoken to me at all. He isn't going to work either and is just using up the days off he has saved for our holiday at the end of the year. He sleeps all day and doesn't even look at me. Never mind, talk to me. I've apologized again and again and again. I deleted it so we could start a new chapter in life. He's still crying, even though it has been days now. I told his family about what happened and they came over. I could hear him from the other room crying, telling them how he worked so hard since he was a kid to build that and it's all my fault. He said he wouldn't be bothered if he didn't have a channel, WTF. He doesn't eat anything I make and orders from out. His mom has said to give him some space. His family are all annoyed with me and disappointed, but they don't understand what it's like. He's 25 years old making videos to help 70-year-old men on the internet. What's wrong with that? And apparently it's my fault. Yeah. What do you mean apparently? It's crystal f clear that it's your fault. How am I supposed to fix this situation? Go back in time and don't be a dumbass. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my if Homeboy had 670,000 YouTube subscribers and wasn't making any money, it's only because he hadn't flipped the switch for monetization yet. And the smart thing to do, being his significant other, would be to say, hey, is there something that I can do to make this more rewarding for you? And then do some research into YouTube monetization instead of just saying, I'm gonna delete it. Because had she done 30 seconds worth of research on YouTube monetization, she would have been like, we could be making so much money off of this. Yeah, you could have been, but you decided to delete it instead. What he was telling you was not what he was really feeling. He probably told you all these things about being embarrassed and saying that he was going to quit doing it because you acted annoyed. He was telling you what you wanted to hear, not what he was actually feeling. That was evidenced by how he said it and never did it and kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Very muddy communication is on him. That still does not give you the right to delete his life's work. 
and your future. You say you thought you were doing him a favor. I don't really think that's why you did it. You did it because you were annoyed. I get that you asked him how he would react. It's not the same. It's not the same as asking for permission to do something to something that was his that took him a hell of a long time to build. This one definitely registers on the ASCON scale. Let's figure out where she lives. As a quick reminder, ASCON 1 is the worst, ASCON 4 is the least amount of asshole, ASCON 1 is there's no way you should have done that, you're a terrible human being, ASCON 2 is definitely shouldn't have done that, but it doesn't make you a terrible person, ASCON 3 is you probably should have approached that differently, and ASCON 4 is you probably could have approached that differently, maybe you're an asshole, and maybe you're not. And you, ma'am, belong right up there at ASCON 1, because of the magnitude of this decision, and because you didn't discuss him with it first, and because it's something that could have changed both of your lives you're a terrible human being. I would be absolutely shocked to my core if this didn't also delete your relationship instantly. You done f***ed up. Am I the booty pipe for calling my wife out for being a hypocrite? Quick reminder, these stories are not about me. Also, this story is a follower submission, and you could submit your story at reddit-saidit.com. My wife and I recently got into a heated discussion over friendships. My best friend has been married for eight years. Before he married, myself, him, and his girlfriend would hang out all the time. We had a group text which was mostly compiled of us making plans to all hang out or just jokes and memes we thought each other would like. Fast forward a few years. They got married, and I am dating my wife. I then marry my wife and the four of us hang out here and there. The group texts slowly die off. My friend's wife would text me here and there, asking questions about her husband for gift ideas or even sometimes the occasional meme. I would never initiate. My wife found out and this made her uncomfortable because she didn't want her as a woman texting me. I explained that she is a friend and all messages are literally harmless. My wife exploded and said she is not my friend. She is my friend's wife. After seeing how uncomfortable it made her, I apologized and kept any communication for our friend group between myself and my guy best friend. Fast forward some more, my wife starts talking to me about her coworkers and reveals that she goes out to lunch with her male coworker on a regular basis. Would you just look at that? They even ride in the same car and will have lunch with just the two of them. Would you just look at it? Now, I am not the jealous type, so the fact that she was having lunch with him did not hurt me. But the fact that I had basically gotten in trouble for texting a friend, but she can go out to lunch with her male coworker who I have never even met. I told her this was very hypocritical. She got upset and said he is just a friend from work and that it was not the same. I am confused. Am I the asshole for pointing this out? No, sir, you are not the asshole at all. It is hypocritical. It's completely hypocritical. And what she's doing, going out to lunch with just the male friend, using the same logic that she used with you, is way worse. And it's okay to point out to her that she's being hypocritical. But having a physical presence with this dude alone and finding out about it after the fact that it has been going on for a while, that's worse too. You've never met him. She's met your friend's girlfriend. You guys all hung out for a while. So I'm saying he's not the asshole here. What do you guys think? I show no ass connectivity on his end at all. The wife is on here somewhere as an ass con something. What do you guys think she's at? Am I the devil's donut for telling my wife it was a mistake to stay at a baby shower? 
So my wife, 26 female, and I, 28 male, have been married for a year and began trying to conceive in September. No luck so far, but the doctor did say at our first appointment that it typically takes close to a year for most couples to conceive. She's been telling people that she's infertile, which isn't true. Doctor said she isn't. My wife and I went to my work Christmas party in mid-December, where my wife met my co-worker's wife, let's call her Mary, and they took a liking to each other. Mary was pregnant and invited my wife to her baby shower, which was yesterday, and my wife sounded excited to go. I asked her when we were alone if she thinks she'll be fine. I know my wife and I know what typically bothers her. I knew she wouldn't bask in happiness over someone else's pregnancy, so I urged her to think it through. She said she's fine, and she was excited, so she went. The baby shower was yesterday. About 40 minutes in, she calls me and asks me to come. I was at a cafe nearby because I knew she wouldn't stay long. I find her at the entrance of the house crying and a bunch of women consoling her. When she saw me, she came to me and pulled me to the garden to talk. She said she was dancing and looked at Mary's pregnant belly and couldn't take it anymore. Started crying and ran out. All of Mary's friends followed her out to console her. I consoled her myself and said, okay, let's go, babe. Where do you want to go? We can go for a drive so you can feel better. She looked at me weird and asked why she would leave. I asked why she would stay. She said she feels better now and can go have a good time. I sighed and said, babe, you know that's not going to happen. And I doubt the attention will be on Mary after this and that's not great. It's her baby shower and she deserves to be celebrated. I can't see how people are going to shift their focus from consoling you to celebrating her if you're still there. She rolled her eyes at me and said she was going back in and that I could leave. This sounds dangerous, Sam. Three hours later, the party was nearing its end, so I go back to pick her up. My co-worker and I stepped into the house, and lo and behold, everyone is sitting in a circle with my wife being the center of attention. Co-worker looked for his wife, and she wasn't there at all. He called her, and she said she had left ages ago. Oh, no, 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 no. My wife and I entered the car, and I first asked her how she was feeling, and we spoke about it for a few minutes. I then asked her what happened and why Mary left. She said, oh, crap, Mary, I forgot to say bye to her. I told her Mary left ages ago. I then said... I know you're going through a hard time, but why on earth would you and her friends do this? If they consoled you for a few minutes, that's fine, but the entire party? We really should have left earlier. She looked at me so offended and said, Are you Mary's husband or mine? We stared at each other for a while and just drove home in silence. I told her I want to talk to her this morning and sort things out, but she ignored me and left the house. This isn't good. None of this is good. Nothing here is good. No good can come of this at all. You are in danger, sir. This is a Kobayashi Maru. Not an ideal situation. She's not infertile, but says she's infertile. Made somebody else's baby shower all about her. Refused to leave the baby shower after she made it all about her and went back in and made it all about her again to the point where the person who was supposed to be receiving and being celebrated at the baby shower left and no one noticed. Holy shit. I think you might be in trouble here, dude. Your wife might be just a tad bit dramatic. Fertility is a very touchy subject, and I know firsthand how emotionally taxing that can be. She's not infertile. Like, you, you guys are trying. You're a year into it, and you're trying, but because she hasn't had a baby yet, like, the whole world has to stop? That's the problem. It's disrespectful to your co-worker's wife, who's pregnant and was supposed to be having a baby shower, but it turned into something completely different. It was very disrespectful to her. I don't know how you fix this situation. Without being an asshole, this might be a necessary asshole situation where you have to create a firm boundary and say, okay, this shit was not okay. 
and you need to understand that it's not okay. And you need to understand what you put other people through. And you also need to understand that you're exaggerating everything. We've just been trying to conceive for a year. You're not infertile. If you can't be happy for someone who is having a baby, then you just need to avoid it. People will understand you choosing not to be around it because of how it makes you feel. That is common enough for people to accept. What people will not accept is you going, knowing how it's going to make you feel, and intentionally shitting on their day. That is 100% not okay. And you, OP, have to find a way to communicate that to her so that she respects it moving forward. Otherwise, she's going to put you guys in situation after situation after situation like this. It's going to be a living hell for both of you and everyone around you. Find a way to help her see, man. And I know you're trying right now, and it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job trying to communicate this, but she's just running right over you. So you're going to have to toughen up a little bit. It's the Kobayashi Maru, man. Am I the pooter tutor for refusing to marry my fiance? Quick reminder, the story is not about me. Also, this is a follower submission, and you can submit your own AITA story or whatever kind of story at reddit-setit.com. I, 32 female, have known my fiance, 31 male, since we were 12 years old. We met in sixth grade homeroom. Our mom chaperoned our first date at the local library where we did homework together. Oh, that's a sweet first date. Look at you, being productive as small children on a date. Couple of buckworms nestled up together. We dated off and on throughout high school, and we were typical teenagers who didn't know what the hell we were doing. One week we were in love, and the next we hated each other's guts. I moved away for four years while I was in college, and he went to a local college. We were in touch off and on while I was away, and he even came out to visit me multiple times. I ended up moving back home seven years ago, and we agreed that we would give our relationship one last hoorah, and if it didn't work, we would would get off the merry-go-round. Seven years later and things have gone quite well. We bought and then sold our first house together. We have bought vehicles together, we rescued two dogs together, and we refer to them as our son and daughter. We manage our household well and I think we make a very good team. Despite all of this, I do not want to get married. Ever. Period. I don't care who it is. No thanks. I also do not ever want to have kids. I have gone so far as to have an elective sterilization surgery. This surgery happened only a few years ago, so my fiancé is well aware and supportive. The marriage part is the part. He proposed to me two years ago and it was beautiful. Absolutely perfect in every way. And he even got the proposal on video. But the beautiful proposal video is really just two minutes of me saying, um, are you serious? Um, what? Um etc. I finally caved and said yes, mostly because I didn't want to be an asshole and say no in a crowded public place. Later, I pulled him aside and we talked. I told him I didn't want to get married, but I would be fine with being engaged for the rest of our lives if it made him feel better. The talk went well, and although I don't remember exactly what was said, I know he was not mad. Well, it's been a few years, and although my fiancé has not been pressuring me to get married, his mom, do it, throw them red flags, and his sister have periodically asked questions, and I have always stood my ground. I don't know if his mom or sister are doing it on his behalf or not. I don't think they are, mostly because it's not a frequent topic of conversation. I recently asked my fiancé if he's still okay with us never getting married, and he said he doesn't understand what the big deal is. It sounds to me like he wants to get married, but he's not openly pushing the issue and does not ever bring it up. I know it would save us money on taxes and health insurance, but that's a really crappy reason to get married. Yes, I love him dearly, and I would go to the end of the earth for him, but I still don't 
want to get married. Some background on me, my parents are two people who should have never gotten married, let alone have kids. My dad is best described as a chauvinist pig, and my mom is a raging feminist. Oh, that sounds like a mixture made in heaven. It's like mixing a tornado with a volcano and expecting a lovely sunny day. In public, picture perfect couple. Behind closed doors, they fought constantly, screaming, throwing stuff, threatening divorce, daily, cussing each other out in front of us even when we were small, etc. I remember at eight or nine years old, maybe, I hid my mom's car keys and begged her to not leave after they had a bad fight. They were never physically aggressive with us, but watching that example of marriage every day has taken quite a toll on all of us. My parents stayed together for the children. According to them, reality is, they stayed together because neither one of them wanted to give up the luxury financial lifestyle they had by combining their incomes. I am mature enough to understand that this is why I don't want to get married. I also don't want to get married for a lot of other reasons too. I honestly believe marriage is just another patriarchal institution and I am a big fan of the patriarchy. I don't conform to the idea that you have to be married and have kids to be a successful adult. You don't have to marry someone to prove you love them. But living through the hell of my parents' marriage is a major driving force behind it all. Nothing against my fiancé, but I don't ever want to be in the situation like my parents were. I made a promise to myself as a little girl that I would never fall into the social trap of marriage. And I know I'm not my parents. I have mentioned this with a therapist before. It's a hill I will die on. A line in the sand I will not cross. I do not want to hurt my fiancé. However, to be fair, he has known exactly how I felt about marriage ever since the day we got back together, before we bought our house. I reminded him of all my boundaries regarding marriage and kids. I asked him not to commit to buying a house with me if this was a problem for him. So we are now approaching almost a decade together, and I just want to know, am I the asshole? No. No. Everyone's allowed to have their preferences, right? And you openly, clearly communicated yours. I think that's the best you can do in that situation, right? And if you had not clearly communicated them ahead of time, and all of this had been a surprise, then maybe. But even then, it's, you know, you're allowed to have your feelings on these kinds of things. You're allowed to have your preferences. The big thing here is that you did clearly communicate them, and he knew them. It's odd that he proposed, right? I wonder if that pressure came from his parents or something like that, because knowing what he knows to still propose was a bit disrespectful, wasn't it? I don't know how to take that. I don't know how to translate that. It may have been parent pressure. That's the only thing that makes sense here. But if he's perfectly happy with you being engaged forever, and so are you, then great. As long as you both are happy, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I think that's all there is to that. You do you, and clearly communicate it, and you're doing all of these things. So no, you are not the asshole. And I wish you a lifetime of never married happiness. Let me know what you think in the comments. I don't see any ask on scale activity here, but if you do, let me know. Of course, I don't expect anyone to agree with me. Like OP has beliefs that are shaped on her past experiences in life, my viewpoint is based on mine, and I do not expect anyone to agree with me, so please know whenever I give feedback on a story, I'm simply offering an observation, and if I give a recommendation or advice, it's just from my point of view. That's all that I'm offering. I'm offering feedback. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or indifferent, whatever, everyone is going to have a different viewpoint because everyone has lived a different life. So if you don't agree with me, that's 100% okay. I don't expect you to. We can still be friends. You can still enjoy the content and I can keep doing this. So let's all agree to disagree when we disagree and be adults. Am I the itchy brown eye for calling out my coworker? Quick reminder, this story's not about me. Hopefully you know that by now. But this is a follower submission, and you could submit your own story at reddit-seddit.com. My office recently hired a new employee. Male 35. 
We are a small team of just six members. We share an open-air workspace and have a very laid-back environment where it is not uncommon for us all to participate in energetic conversation throughout the day. I, 37 female, am the only full-time female in the group, so I am often working alongside three or four men. As you might imagine in this situation, there is a lot of shit-giving going on at all times, and by all parties. When we bring on a new employee, we take their headshot to add to our website, etc. The last time we took all new headshots was three years ago, and at that time, our boss, for some reason, ordered prints of all of our photos and gave them to us, like a school portrait. A few of us thought it was weird to have a photo of ourselves on our desks, so we placed them randomly throughout the office. Mine has had its place on a shelf near our meeting space ever since. The other day, we were getting ready for a team exercise, and the new guy and I were lingering around the meeting space waiting for everyone else to join. He picked up my photo off the shelf and said to me, Is this you? It doesn't look like you. It looks younger. Taken off guard, I immediately answered with, I wore makeup for picture day which he accepted and we moved on. I was not really offended by his comment at the time, nor am I now. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But the more I thought about it, the more I began to feel like it was a rather rude thing to say, especially to a female, and even more especially to a female who's older than you, and that it was a really good opportunity to give him some shit. So a few days later, I called him out on it to the rest of the team. Let me remind you now that everything said in my office is fair game. I announced during one of our group conversations that the new guy had called me old and proceeded to tell the story to the rest of the group in an overdramatic sort of way. It has since been a common topic of conversation around the office, and I don't think the new guy likes it or the heckling that has resulted. Am I the asshole for calling him out on his thoughtless comments and making it fair game for the rest of the team to razz him about? Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't think you're the asshole at all for this. Um, you're not taking it super seriously. It sounds like, so it's, it's all in good fun. He made this comment, obviously not thinking about the potential ramifications of it and giving him shit for that fact is absolutely fair game. I can say from experience working in a small team, especially in a stressful industry, having a sense of humor and giving each other a hard time is like one of the only ways to survive and make it without losing your shit completely. You have to have have a good sense of humor to make it in a small business setting. You just do, especially those high stress, fast paced industries. So I think it's completely fair game here to give him shit for it. And you know, if he doesn't like it, then he'll just be more careful next time he comments on pictures of women. Let me know what you guys think. There's a lot going on in this story, but it sounds like it's all in good fun. Um, and it sounds like the return of fire and getting everyone involved and giving him a hard time is if Nothing else, you know, acceleration to him becoming part of the team, a more integrated part of the team since he is a new guy. So let me know what you guys think, though. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this one. And remember, this story is not about me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Am I the poo-poo palace for not wanting my mom's help planning my wedding? Quick reminder, this story is not about me, but you know that by now, right? Also, this is a follower submission, and you can submit your story at reddit-setit.com. Am I the asshole for not wanting my mother's help planning my wedding after she blew up about an engagement party? Backstory here, my mom is very controlling, and whenever something is happening in my life, she tends to make it about her. Throw them red flags. She offered to throw an engagement party in honor of my fiancé and I. 
We said yes, and I told her all we wanted was some food and drink in their backyard. It started with my mom demanding that her friends be invited to the party, which ended up being a third of the guest list, then getting upset about the amount of people on the guest list. My fiancé has 11 siblings alone, and both my side and my fiancé's side of the list only included around 35 people with family. My mom was inviting 31 people for her. Then the issue was schedules wouldn't match up. My mom gave me one option, and then when that didn't work and I provided options, she would tell me that I just didn't want to see her and refused to schedule time to get together. I asked my mom what she needed from me and she would not tell me, and kept insisting that we just needed to get together to plan together. Eventually, my maid of honor reached out to me and said she wanted to help with the party. I made a group chat with everyone and my mom started to argue with my maid of honor. More red flags. One large issue is that I started going solely by my nickname two years ago, and my mom will not respect it. My maid of honor made a mock-up invitation with the name I use, and my mom started to argue and state that if she's footing the bill, then I'll go by the name she wants me to. My maid of honor then asked me if she could call my mom and introduce herself, and I said yes. My mom then called me crying, and likely drunk, that I was being rude and it hurt her feelings that I brought in a go-between. I told her that wasn't what was happening, I wanted her help in the party planning, and my maid of honor was here to help. I also apologized for making her feel like I didn't want her help. She would not accept this and continued for 10 minutes about how horrible I was being and hung up. At this point, I don't want her help. I don't even want the engagement party at all. Furthermore, she expects wedding planning to be just her and I. After this debacle, I don't even want her help at all. I don't want her involved. Am I the asshole for not wanting her help after this? Is there a way to communicate that without making me the asshole? I don't know what it is in a mother's mind that when their daughter is getting married is like, is it a chance to relive the wedding and like wedding planning and making it all about them? Like, what is it that makes them want to make all the decisions and create rules and take control when it's supposed to be about the bride and the bride's choice and everything goes her way. What is it that creates that that friction there? I do not understand. I think this comes down to worldviews. I don't know that there is a way to communicate this that will not make you the asshole to her. To the rest of the world? Yeah, easy. To her? You're already the asshole. What you're wanting to accomplish here is going to sting more than what's already happening. So she's going to think that you're the asshole and just accept that right now. Just accept that she's not going to like it. Also accept that she doesn't have to. Now, the one caveat to this is that if she's paying for things, you need to at least give her some input, but don't let her be in charge because you don't have to let her be in charge. And maybe the conversation needs to be, look, this is supposed to be leading up to the, the greatest day of my life, the happiest day of my life. And so far, what we're doing isn't working and it's not going to lead to the happiest day of my life. So we're going to change things up. I'm going to run point or you're going to bring in a wedding planner or you're going to have someone else take control like your maid of honor, whatever, as long as it's not your mom in charge of everything, you can still give her input, but you need to make crystal clear that her role is to give input. She doesn't make decisions. She doesn't have final say. She gets a vote. She does not have final say. And she needs to understand that in her position, she cannot expect any more. And she also needs to understand that if she expects more and pushes for more and causes drama and causes arguments, that she is detracting from your wedding day. Make that clear. She is harming your happiness by making it about her and causing unneeded drama. At this point, at the end of your wedding, when you and your hubby are, are leaving and everybody, you know, they used to throw rice, but they don't do that anymore. Now it's like birdseed. Well, you're going to have just red flags. Everybody's going to have little red flags that they're throwing all over you guys as you're leaving because this isn't going in a good direction. 
You've got to make a pivot. Just understand she's not going to be happy about it and accept that she doesn't have to be. Which one of you would you rather have unhappy on your wedding day? Make that decision and everything else I think will come across a lot easier. Uh, You are not the asshole at all. For wanting what you want, you won't be the asshole for communicating what you need to communicate to the rest of the world. You will be to her, no matter what you say. Guys, let me know if I'm missing something in the comments here, but I feel like... She's already offended by everything, so I don't I don't feel like there's a way to make her unoffended here. She's already been in the driver's seat and has still been pissed off, so remove her from the driver's seat and just accept she's not going to be happy about it and enjoy your day. And if she wants to cause drama, she can just understand that every time she does that, she's going to be moved further and further and further back in the bus. What are you supposed to do? Am I the hobbit rocket for letting my daughter and her husband move in with me so they won't be homeless? This situation is complicated and I'm at my wits end. I have two daughters who are civil to each other but don't get along with each other. My eldest is married to Steve while my youngest is engaged to Adam. Steve and Adam are so different they disliked each other the first time they met. This sounds like a recipe for disaster. Steve works part time because he treasures family time with my daughter. They spend their time traveling and exploring different parts of the states. He spends freely because he often says he can't take his money with him when he dies. Adam is an executive, and for his side business, he owns several dozen properties. He works about 80 hours a week at both jobs because his philosophy is that he wants to make as much money as possible while he's young so that he can retire early. Steve thinks Adam is a corporate shill and basically blames him for everything that's wrong with society. Steve said that Adam is actively keeping people from buying homes and making them dependent on him. Adam thinks Steve is a slacker and has told Steve people like him who do the bare minimum but expect handouts are what's wrong with society. Neither of them are bad and they treat my daughters well. I retired last year due to my health, so Adam built a house for me so that I can live comfortably. I was able to customize everything in the house to fit my taste. Adam owns the house, pays for all the utilities, and charges me $1 a month for rent. Part of our deal is that no one else can live in the house but me. He was very clear about this. Steve recently lost his job, so he and my eldest are living off of her single income. As you can imagine, they are struggling. My eldest recently called me crying because their savings are almost gone and they can't make the next month's rent. She asked if she and Steve could move in with me until he finds another job. I live on a fixed income, so I don't have any money to set them up at another apartment. She's my daughter, and I couldn't let her be homeless, so I let Steve and her move in. I gave them strict rules and a time limit on when they had to move out. I didn't think my youngest and Adam would find out because they live in another state, but somehow she found out. She called and screamed at me last night for betraying Adam's trust, but I argued that I'm a mother to two daughters and I can't let one be homeless. I told her about the rules and time limit and begged her to not tell Adam. She hung up on me, so I don't know what's going to happen. I know I went back on an agreement, but I had a good reason. Edit. I couldn't add many details into my original post because I was afraid of going over the character limits. Adam pays the taxes and utilities on this house, but because it's the only house he has in the state, he keeps his financials separate from the rest of his properties. Also, he doesn't really have anything to do with the house. Instead, he gave it over to my youngest to take care of, so she handles all the bills and maintenance and pays them out of an account he set up. She noticed the increase in utility cost, which is why she called. We just spoke again, and I laid my soul to bear. I knew I was going back on our agreement, but it was to keep her sister from being homeless. We had a lengthy conversation, and in the end, she agreed not to tell Adam. She'll cover the increased utility cost out of her own pocket so he won't notice. In exchange, her sister and Steve will have three months, then we'll have to move out. 
I originally had told them they had six months. I'm lucky to have such a compassionate daughter. Thank you for taking the time to read my post. Some of the comments were very hurtful, but some were very helpful. You made me realize I should have called my youngest at the start and asked. That would have saved a lot of tears. Yeah. And I, I don't know that this ended on a solution either. So so where it ended was OP's other daughter, Adam's wife, has now agreed to lie to Adam. So there's more people lying now? That doesn't sound like a solution. This should have been communicated up front. And whenever this all came about, before she ever made the decision to let them come stay with her, which is the same as making the decision as violating the agreement that she had that allows her to stay in this house for $1 a month. It's not her decision. That's the point. It wasn't her decision. It's not her house. She needed to call and have this discussion with her other daughter and Adam and say, here's where we're at. I don't feel like I have a choice. Will you please allow me to do this and let the decision be on them? Because if she had done that, then the decision on whether or not her oldest daughter and Steve were going to be homeless would have been on her youngest daughter and Adam. If she had placed that decision in their lap, they probably would have at least thought it over a hell of a lot longer because the implications for that decision are putting somebody on the street. And maybe they would have made the decision to let her come stay there for a longer period of time. You've harmed yourself by trying to keep it a secret. And I feel like you've harmed yourself further by convincing your youngest daughter to lie to her husband. This is not going to end well. This is one of those situations where communicating clearly could have solved everything. You knew there was one stipulation and you violated it. You're going to be lucky if everybody doesn't get kicked out on their ass because right now Adam has every right to do that. It's not the right thing to do. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but you violated your agreement that allows you to stay in this house for $1 a month. Why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in that kind of situation when you could have just asked? And if they said no, that's on them. There's just, there's too much at risk here. There are too many factors. There are too many variables that can go badly here that could have all been avoided with some clear communication up front. I'm going to say you're the asshole for doing this. Let's see where you're at on the ASCON scale here. As a quick reminder, ASCON 1 is the worst. ASCON 4 is the least amount of asshole. ASCON 1 is there's no way you should have done that. You're a terrible human being. ASCON 2 is you definitely shouldn't have done that, but it doesn't make you a terrible person. ASCON 3 is you probably should have approached that differently. And ASCON 4 is you probably could have approached that differently. Maybe you're an asshole. Maybe you're not. My gut says two because she definitely should not have done this, but it doesn't make her a terrible person. I understand why she did it and she thought she was doing it for a good reason, but this choice leads to more risk than the alternative choices did. It may be a three. She may be a three, probably should have approached that differently, but I think at two, you definitely shouldn't have done that sticks better for me because she definitely shouldn't have done this. There were better options available. Even if she was afraid of where those options led, if she had run through the proper channels and checked the boxes along the way, she wouldn't have put herself at risk for getting kicked out of this house. She wouldn't have put her daughter in a situation where she has to now lie to her husband. This, this choice was a poor choice. Let me know what you guys think. Again, I don't expect everybody to agree with me. Everybody's opinions are shaped on their life experiences, right? And none of us live the same lives. So we're going to think differently. We're going to have different perspectives. Mine is just one. It's one perspective based on my journey to this point. I don't expect you to agree with me. Um, it's healthy that we disagree. When we disagree, we can do it like adults and we can do it in a healthy way and discuss the different things that we're seeing in comments without attacking each other. We can. Let's give it a shot.
Am I the turd blower for telling my wife she was causing a scene and not defending her with my mom? I, 42, have a stepdaughter, Liz, 17, from my wife's, Kate, 42, first marriage. Me and Kate also have a daughter, Emma, three together. Liz doesn't call me dad and usually refers to me as Mr. my last name. I'll be honest that this bothered me a little, but this is what Liz feels comfortable with, so I never pushed it. We're not close, but we have a good relationship overall, and she loves Emma. We weren't able to get together with my side of the family over Christmas, so my family had a late Christmas slash New Year's gathering where my mom gave her Christmas gifts to all the grandkids. She got Emma some toys and Liz a sketch pad. She's an artist, so it's not a random gift. Liz and Kate were disappointed, and Kate pulled my mom aside later. I was around to say she shouldn't have given the gifts out in front of everyone, and Liz is hurt. Basically, my mom ended up replying she went out of her way to get Liz a gift as a grandma when Liz doesn't even consider me any kind of father figure. If they, Liz and Kate, have such an issue with the gifts, they can go ask Liz's real father for a gift. Time out. There's a very important issue that's left out in OP's original post here, and that is that Liz's original dad passed away. And Grandma just said that they could go ask Liz's real father for a gift. Kate caused a bit of a scene and didn't take that comment well, and said my mom has no respect for them. I tried to calm it down, and I did tell mom she was being a little harsh. I also told Kate she was causing a scene and blowing this up for no reason, and that she was the one nitpicking about gifts and mom just responded to her. Kate later got angry with me for saying that and said I should have defended her. It's been a couple of weeks and she's still a little upset with me. I don't think I'm really in the wrong here and most of my family agree. My brother said I should post on here if this is still causing issues. So, am I the asshole? Edit for people asking, Liz's sketchpad was significantly less expensive than the toys and things that the other kids got, but it is something she'd use and not a random item. Oh, okay. There are so many red flags, let's just go ahead and throw them up, and let's keep them going for a little bit here because this story is up, okay? Issue number one, Liz's dad is dead. He's not here. And grandma made the shittiest human being comment of all time and said, go ask your dad for a gift. What in the actual and OP here says that was a little harsh. What in the actual again. But that's not even the biggest issue of all of this. The biggest issue of all of this is that Liz is treated like not a member of this family at all. Just because she doesn't call OP dad or, or look at him like a real dad, she's then disconnected from that entire side of the family. That is an incredibly shitty, shallow, childish, petty thing to do to a kid. She's 17. Her dad is isn't alive anymore. What kind of terrible people are on your side of the family, OP? You included, because you defended no one through this. You said it was a little harsh. You didn't defend your wife. You didn't defend your stepdaughter. Now I'm starting to see why she doesn't look at you like a real dad. I don't know if this is something that has changed over time, but in 2023, blended families are very, very common. And maybe Candy Thunder and I are just super lucky to have awesome families because as soon as we put our family together, her parents and extended family accepted all of my kids like they had always been there. And my family accepted her daughter like she had always been there. You have the exact opposite going on here. So we obviously have it great, and I'm sure that this happens, but this was just shitty. Grandma's ask on one all the way. Ding, ding, ding. It doesn't get any shittier than that. And you, OP, are right up there with her. Ask on one. Just because you didn't want to start shit with your mom? That was a horrible thing to say and a horrible thing to do. (sighs) 
you better either get your mom in line here or never go see her again. Because inflicting that kind of harm on a 17-year-old who has lost their father is just a shit human being thing to do. Tell me what you guys think. Maybe I'm missing something here, but I'm just pissed and disappointed. Will I be the crap pipe if I choose to deliberately forget my boyfriend's birthday? Remember, these stories aren't about me. Also, this is a follower submission, and you can submit your story at reddit-setit.com. I won't even make excuses. I know I would be if I did this, but I'm feeling pretty petty right now. So to begin, I, 25 female, have been dating my boyfriend, 26 male, for a little under a year now, and we've only had one major issue, which stems from a pretty major incident that happened about four months into us dating. The incident just so happened to be my birthday. So I just so happened to be born on a holiday, and before anyone asks, no, it isn't a major one. Think like a holiday that people use as an excuse to party and get drunk. It technically isn't even an official holiday in our country, just an honorable mention on a calendar. Anyway, so my birthday rolled around and my boyfriend and I had plans to have a nice dinner and spend some time together. That morning, I woke up to birthday wishes from pretty much everyone but him. No big deal, he's probably still asleep. I go throughout the day and just assume that he'll wish me a happy birthday when we see each other later. Around lunch, I get a message from him, but no indication that he knows what day it is today. I get home and get ready for our date slash celebration. I'm dressed and waiting for him to arrive, but nothing. An hour after we were supposed to meet up, I started getting worried and started sending him text messages asking where he was. Just crickets. I called him and it went straight to voicemail. I started thinking the worst when I finally got a text from him. It was him telling me that he forgot about our date because his co-workers convinced him to go out drinking with them to celebrate the holiday. He asked if we could reschedule later and that he'd make it up to me. My initial reaction was disbelief. Was he serious? Then came the anger and tears. I checked his story to see where he was at, and when I saw those pictures of him celebrating, I just felt empty inside. Instead of revenge, which was my initial impulse, I just drove to my parents' house an hour away and decided to be with my family, turning off my phone. The next day, I woke up to 78 text messages and 24 calls from him. Apparently, sometime in the night, he wanted to show his coworkers some pictures of me and discovered it was my birthday and knew he messed up big time. When I got home, he was sleeping next to my door. He had been waiting for me all night. I kicked him awake, and before he could grovel at my feet, I told him to go home, and we could talk once I felt up to it. He looked crushed, but agreed, and he did apologize before leaving. I ignored him for a week, during which time he kept his word and left me alone, sending only one apology per day. We met up, and over the span of the next month, he did everything he could to make it up to me. Eventually, I forgave him, much to the shock of everyone who knew what happened. I'm even shocked myself, to be honest. To clarify, he apologizes at least once a week regularly for this incident, of his own accord randomly, and tells me he regrets his actions of that day constantly. After that night, anytime we make plans, he's early and schedules those plans in his calendar so he never forgets again. Even if it's just a simple, want to go for a walk later on this week? He makes a note and will message me asking if I still want to go on one. He's more than made up for this one day, and has tried to reassure me constantly that it will never happen again because he won't let it. It's been a slow process, I won't lie, but it's these little things that show that he's willing to try and fix the problem he caused that led me to forgive him. I actually considered he may be love-bombing me at one point, which we did talk about because he had plans to try and celebrate on the date I was born each month so he wouldn't forget. I shut that down real fast, which is why he openly communicates other ways about how sorry he is. I thought I dealt with this anger and it was water under the bridge six months later. Anyway, we went to dinner a few nights ago with some of our friends and the incident came up. 
My boyfriend made a joke about it, saying something along the lines of how forgetting a birthday wasn't as big of a deal as it's made out to be, seeing as how I forgave him. This anger that I guess I kind of buried started bubbling up, and now that his birthday is coming up, I'd like to see how he'd like it if I decided to go out partying with my friends that night and ditch him entirely. I know I probably won't do it, but that little angry gremlin in the back of my mind won't let up at all. I love this dumbass, and he does make me happy and is a great partner, all things considered. Probably the best one I've ever had. I just feel like this one issue is going to cause major problems if we don't address it now. Or I'll do something I'll regret if I lash out. He has more than made it up to me, and I love and appreciate him for it. I just feel like a monster right now. Okay. OP is asking here if she'll be the asshole if she chooses to deliberately forget her boyfriend's birthday. And it, it sounds like it's only because he made the little joke about it not being a big deal because he had been forgiven. You know, we came up with this term a little while back, brozo. I think it applies to your dude here. He obviously made a massive brozo move forgetting about your birthday and the celebration that was supposed to happen way back when, and then groveled like he should had and did everything he was supposed to do, but then, like a brozo, made some dumbass comment that set him back 75% of the way. Insert foot. Why would you do that, dude? Do you just like the taste of sock? I don't understand why you would make that comment. Never, ever, 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 ever minimize one of your ups, especially one that you had to climb out of for six months and grovel to levels that you have never had to grovel before. And especially if that groveling succeeded, why in the hell would you choose to go back there? This is just like glutton for punishment kind of shit at this point. That was a stupid, stupid thing to say. And OP, like you said, that statement, that little joke just brought up all of that anger and resentment that you felt and now it's bubbled back to the surface, and now it's top of mind again. Like, you're finally to a f***ing point where you can move on from this and not be thinking about it on a daily basis, and Brozo goes and says some dumb shit, and here you are again. But here's what you got to think about. I don't think you're actually considering doing this, but, but even just entertaining the path, let's talk about it for a second. If you did to him what he did to you, you would then have to do what he did to make up for it. And do you really want to have to do six months worth of groveling and then say something stupid that sets it all back? I don't think so. I don't think that's the part of it that you're not seeing. You're seeing he did this terrible thing to me. What if I did this terrible thing to him? Yes, but that's not the whole story because what he did afterward, you would then have to do as well to put you on an even playing field. And I don't think you want that. I don't think you want to set the tone for a relationship to be trading blows to stay even. That's not going to lead to happiness for anybody. And I really don't think that that's what you're considering doing here like you said you just you have this monstrous feeling that is just pissed off and is like well if it wasn't that big of a deal let's see what it feels like i think what you really should do is just communicate that to him and be like look dude you worked your way out of this and you've changed so much and that's the only reason that we are still together right now but when you say stupid shit that minimizes it or makes it out to be like not as big of a deal as it was I start to feel those things again and that means that you're going to have to grovel again and I don't want to do that for the rest of our lives so let's just agree right now to not make stupid statements about it if we want to move on from it let's move on from it if it comes up in conversation with friends you just laugh and say yeah I up bad and I'm going to be paying for it for the rest of my life. Here's the good part. You know that he can learn and he can prevent himself from making the same mistake again. So treat this as one of those and just let him know that, hey, dude, when you did this, it caused some bad things to happen in my mind. Make some changes and make sure you never make that mistake again, too. If you don't speak up, 
you're at risk of that happening again because homeboy likes the taste of sock, apparently, and you're going to be feeling this over and over throughout your life. Let me know what you guys see in the comments, though. Remember, this is a follower submission, so uh, OP is in the comments here. OP, let us know who you are if you would like to, and, um, and I'm sure we can engage in some fun conversation and comments here. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.